Leadership File on Premiere. Uh, welcome to the Leadership File with me, Andy Pegg. Uh, we welcome to the Leadership File today, James Perry. James Perry's leadership extends over a number of different environments. He's Chief Executive of Panapa, where he's led the transition of a traditional grant-making charitable trust into a sustainable social impact investor. He was at one time a Managing Director of Cook, a vast uh, growing premium prepared food manufacturer, and today he remains as a non-executive chairman. Uh, since 2012, he served as Deputy Chairman of the Social Stock Exchange, and in addition, James chaired the UK Mission Alignment Working Group for the UK Advisory Board of the G8 Social Impact Investment Task Force. He's currently managing the programme to launch B Corporations in the UK. That's quite a mouthful, James, but uh, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Good to, good to have your fi fingers in lots of uh, uh, pies or whatever the expression is. Well, yes. I mean, um, it sort of all sounds rather bamboozling, but um, in some ways I see it a bit more simply, um, which is really um, all of those things are about one thing, which is the evolution to a sort of more just and inclusive economic system. Oh, splendid. Oh, you summed it up really nicely. Thank you. Um, I mean, you have an interesting heritage with Christians in your family being involved in, in business and philanthropy. Yeah, my father's family were missionaries um, in India and did a lot of work establishing hospitals and so on. Um, and my mother's family were coffee traders based out of East Africa, um, but they came from a sort of very strong Anglican tradition. So um, on both sides, there was a sort of um, pioneering and sort of very missional uh, focus in their lives. Uh, and your own journey into leadership? Well, I, um, I trained at Cadbury in Birmingham um, on their graduate program. Oh, right, and, yeah. And so that was interesting as a sort of Quaker, uh, a business founded with, with Quaker values. And, um, and actually, whilst I was there, I experienced a program called Managing for Shareholder Value, uh, which was, in effect, the uh, systematic stripping out of all of the Quaker values from the business. So that was quite a formative experience. Okay, so you say stripping out of, so it was changing how Cadbury's functioned? Well, what it was doing was it was saying that the purpose of the company was uh, very simply to focus on making money for its shareholders, and anything else was a distraction at best and kind of illegal at worst on the basis that the shareholders uh, had invested uh, in the company in order to make money that was the sort of assumption okay okay yeah. well I, I guess we'll come back to that in in our uh, further conversation today so that's helpful uh, and obviously we've we use the word leadership the leadership file um, this this program but of course it's a, a word which is a broad range of activities uh, talk talk through the kind of leading that you do James well I think when I started um, I thought that the job of a leader was to um, sort of uh, make decisions and set strategy and um, sort of, uh, yeah, to sort of to, to make the decisions, really. Um, and I suppose over uh, the last 20 years, I've come to understand that leadership really is something quite different. Um, and uh, it's really, for me, about um, releasing the potential of people and therefore creating um, a sense where there's a shared mission um, that is jointly owned and where people feel that they are 
um, that, that they have ownership of that mission and then they're contributing to achieving it. Oh, sounds, that's terrific. Um, sounds like a, a very enlightened kind of uh, thing. Was it, were there a, what, Can you think of a moment when uh, kind of the lights went on for you? <laughs> well, I, I think probably uh, they came up, it was a gradual dawning realisation when um, I left Cadbury's in, uh, when I was in my late 20s and, and took on, um, sort of started, started running my own business and, um, uh, and was sort of leading this charge and realised that it's that, it's that great, uh, I think it's a Gandhi quote um, or an Indian proverb or something, he who goes uh, fastest goes alone. Um, he who goes furthest goes together. Okay, and yeah. um, dur- during that sort of those formative years in my in my late twenties and early thirties, I was rather going rather fast on my own and realised that there was no one with me. Right. Um, <laughs> so I sort of paused and and, and rethought it. Hmm. Now, uh, my introduction mentioned uh, th- these this language B Corp and Cook, and that Cook is a B Corp company, and that probably listeners will. I'd be a little puzzled by the language. So perhaps you could describe what a, a B Corp is and how Cook, the, the company you helped, uh, that you were director, managing director of, uh, fits into that kind of company. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think that, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, from my background, you know, with my faith, I had always understood that the role of business was, um, was, was quite um, broad uh, in terms of being a good employer, being a good member of community, uh, cherishing and stewarding the natural world and those sorts of things. But when I came to um, actually run my business and talk to uh, providers of capital and investors, I realized that actually business had, at some point, I think probably during the 20th century, late 20th century, uh, neoliberal economics and so on, um, the role of business had become much more narrow in people's minds, um, and it was really there to generate returns for shareholders. And that felt at odds with um, my faith and my and my values um and um but but it, but 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 but, but uh, addressing that at the time i was kind of told well that's kind of the way it is and you're rather naive if you think it's different um and uh, I, I i sort of went on a bit of a journey over some time to sort of um figure out i, I just didn't believe it but i but it, but it was difficult because that's what everyone was t- was telling me um, and I came across the B Corporation movement in the United States, where effectively, um, at its basis, they're saying the company should not be run for its shareholders exclusively. There are many stakeholders who are profoundly affected by the operations of a business, um, and they've named them as employees, communities, and the environment. And essentially, they're saying this, the company should be operated for those four stakeholders, shareholders, communities, employees, and the environment, and not just one of them. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, and the word B in that, um, the the word the 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 letter B stands for uh, benefit. Benefit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and so Cook, uh, f- you, you aim to, to make sure that Cook, your company, fitted into that kind of uh, rubric. Yes. So um, the way that it works is that. Um, is that in the US they have to actually change the law because corporate law doesn't allow you to do anything than uh, maximize the financial interests of your shareholders. Okay. So yeah. they've passed laws in about 30 states. Um, so when, when we came across it, it wasn't really in existence in Britain, but, but we were like, this is exactly what we believe and this is exactly the kind of company we, we are trying to create. So we said, let, we want to become a B corporation even though it sort of isn't, isn't, doesn't exist in Britain. Um, but we saw it as the best sort of alternative. So 
uh, what you have to do is change your constitution as a company so that um, the legal basis of the company is not just for shareholders, it's also for those other, other stakeholders and they rank equally alongside one another. Um, and you also have to do a sort of performance assessment um, in terms of how you're doing uh, for those different stakeholders. And you have to reach a certain level of performance to be able to become a B Corporation. So we thought that was a great system. We adopted it. Um, and as it happened, this movement, which started in the US, um, was gathering quite a lot of steam and was starting to sort of spread to Latin America, Australia, Europe. Um, and Britain was an obvious place for, for, for this kind of idea to, to, to take hold. And is this largely uh, driven by by Christians, or is it across the across the religious spectrum? And how, how what's the motivation? Well, you know, one of my um, one of my personal beliefs is that um, you know we are called to go out into the world and to relate to it. Um, so it's very interesting when you look at the B Corporation movement. It's not it's not overtly Christian. Um, there are people of all faith traditions within it. Um, but what's very interesting to observe is two things. The first one is um, that m most people in it have a spiritual life and have some kind of either faith uh, in their in their upbringing or or, or kind of um, uh, vibrant faith life. And um, but from all different faith traditions. But the other thing that, that's interesting to observe is that there it is bursting full of people who are Christians, right? Yeah. And also people who are de-churched and were maybe brought up. Um, as Christians, but have sort of drifted out of the church. Okay, uh, and uh, the employees of of Cook voted you as one of the best companies to work for, which is uh, which is a great affirmation. Do, do you know why they did that? Well, I think um, <clears throat> I hope it's because they feel that um, we, they, they feel very engaged with our mission, which is trying to um, help communities, employees, and the environment, as well as shareholders. And that manifests in lots of different ways. I think a lot of it's to do with how we see them as employees. Um, we don't see them as a sort of economic input um, and a cost to minimize. We see one of the fundamental purposes of the business being to um, support them. And therefore, when we give training, we don't just give training that relates to their job role. We give a kind of holistic um, training to them as people. So we're pretty interested in how they're doing um, in their personal lives as well as how they're doing at work. So we'll give them resiliency training, life skills training. Uh, we do some work on things like financial exclusion, people caught in the debt trap, people who are struggling with addiction issues, life coaching, all sorts of things. Um, so I think it's much more about the culture that we've created, and there's a, lo there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, programs that we run within the business. Um, which kind of bring that to life, but ultimately, I think it boils down to a culture and an intention. Right. And do you do this this kind of training yourself? Do you have uh, do you outsource it? <laughs> we well, funnily enough, we found that um, mostly traditional training providers are so focused on labour as an input yeah. um, and maximising economic value from those individuals that we have tended to find our own way with training. So the two sort of major interesting things that have happened is one of them is that a Christian mission agency which ran some fabulous holistic training for its leaders, um, people that we, we knew pretty well. We invited them to come and do some training for the business, and we found that the people responded extremely strongly to the kind of ethos that lay behind that training, because it was really interested in helping them to fulfill their potential as people, mm. um, ir irrespective of their kind of job role. And that um, has really worked for us, so that's now a program that we run 
uh, across the business um, in partnership with this mission agency. Um, and another example is some life skills coaching where, again, we just went to a, a really high-quality life skills coach and, and we started designing programs with him, um, which are now, again, being run business-wide. Fantastic. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by James Perry. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by James Perry. James has been uh, leading over a number of different environments in his uh, working life um, as chief executive, particularly of Panapore, which is a, a Christian charity, but also uh, involved in uh, B Corps uh, and formerly uh, led and, and founded uh, Cook the uh, fast-growing uh, premium prepared food manufacturer. We were talking before the break a little of uh, what a B Corp is and how uh, a B Corp aims to not just maximise profit for stakeholders, but also uh, involved uh, concerned with employ employees, uh, with the environment and also the community. Uh, so, James, the, um, what you, you hinted a, a bit earlier that you'd learned that leading is not just about uh, making decisions and strategy but it's also developing a, a kind of shared mission with others uh, other things you've learned about leadership along the way um i suppose the other thing that i reflect on is that um you know um it, it's actually uh, leaders need to need a sort of maturity and a sort of um, uh, uh, um context and um a bit of perspective so um emotional responses are, are kind of I think really important as part of being a human being um, in leadership I think one needs to really master one's emotional responses yeah. and one needs to be able to be pretty grown up often in the face of uh, difficult circumstances pressure provocation um, and actually being able to sort of step back marshal one's emotional response think it through and then start thinking about what's best for the people one is talking to um, as well as the organization one's representing is a really important part of leadership so i think mat maturity is probably the way i'd sum that up yeah yeah um and i i've spoken to business people who believe there's a, a kind of fundamental lack of understanding of the business world in the church um you know all the church wants is my money has, has been some business leaders concern and, and reflection has that been your experience well, I think I think generally, you know, I, and I kind of understand ha how it's happened, um, which is that business, because particularly because the role that business has taken on has been quite extractive, um, that uh, the faith community and the, and the Christian community has has often seen business as something which um, is um, a sort of like almost a necessary evil, and also um, that good is something that's done outside of business. So there's this kind of sacred secular divide between doing good on the one hand and then uh, doing well on the other and, and making money Monday to Friday and then um, at the weekend going and helping out with a charity. Um, I think that's a very um, unhelpful uh, way of seeing uh, the world because I believe that God created everything. And I think that God created uh, business as the most powerful force actually that that, that he gave mankind you know if you look at the world that we live in um, it is shaped in such profound ways by business and this idea that that's a sort of secular activity and the sacred um, uh, happens uh, somewhere else I think is bogus yeah. so I really like um, the idea that business is part of God's creation but actually that means that business has a profound and deep responsibility to uh, to 
reflect uh, God's desires for his people. Um, and, and I think business can do that. Um, and I think, uh, but I think that it really does require uh, people of faith uh, and, and the Christian community to engage with that quite deeply. Um, because actually money is just a, a tool. Money is just a kind of um, resource that we put to work. And the question is, how do we want it to be put to work? Seeing it as um, something that is just there to be sort of grabbed as much as we possibly can to do good things um, so that it's not doing bad things is a, is a kind of competitive and, and divisive way of seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about you talked about uh, you know business as being a powerful force that God's given mankind. Uh, I'm sure you uh, you pray about your your work and your business. Any particular answers you can share on that? I think that um, I feel God's pleasure when 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 um, when when breakthroughs are made, and I, I quite often feel that. Um, you know, things start to happen in ways which can't really be explained uh, in in any other way than some sort of spiritual intervention. Just just small coincidences mm. of meetings and people people meeting together, people coming together um, around certain um, ideas or thoughts or or initiatives, which just don't, which doesn't make any sense unless you um, you attribute it to a sort of um, to a sort of spiritual, um, or, or if you, if you, unless you attribute it to God, and I think, um, and I think generally, uh, the pleasure that I feel is when one does start to link um, what is often seen as something which doesn't have a spiritual or uh, which doesn't have a sort of which God isn't interested in, um, and you bring God into the room, and you feel this extraordinary energy unlocked. So. One really good example of that is, um, at the moment, I think bankers are often um, seen as sort of parasitic and um, that they're not very, very well thought of in, in society by many. But it's very interesting when you talk to a banker about how uh, banking can be used to create a more inclusive and fair society. And you see the lights come on in the banker because they start to see how, that, how their skills and how what they do can, can, can lead to that. Um, there's a great unlocking of energy, and it's not just sort of physical energy; it's also spiritual energy. Right, <clears throat> a little bit like the uh, the illustration, I suppose, of the the guy who was banging a stone, and the guy asked him what he was doing, and he's banging a stone, and then they asked the next labour, and he said, "No, I'm making a cathedral." And maybe that's what you're saying is that the the energy you're giving to your your job, actually, if you see it in a bigger context, um, has a has a, a much more profound effect upon society than perhaps the worker realizes that's right exactly yeah. that yeah um uh, and and in terms of uh, the world of leadership uh, are there particular people you've admired or have been uh, uh, inspirations to you along the way yeah i mean i think there are there are real trailblazers like muhammad yunus in bangladesh where he was talking about um access to finance for the poor and um you know the way that he went about it, which again, you know, embraced these design principles of um, empowering people and helping them to break free from uh, systems of oppression and help helping them, giving them the power to, um, to to articulate themselves in their creation as people. I think has been incredibly incredibly inspirational. Um, uh, everybody talks about Nelson Mandela, but his grace. Uh, in the face of this provocation coming to the point about maturity and leadership. 
yeah, I think he was the sort of ultimate mature leader who just never gave in to anger or recrimination and moved beyond it to say, how can I channel my experience uh, and and the pain that might have been inflicted on me for the benefit of, of all? Um, I think those two together are extraordinary. And I think uh, the other thing that I, to be honest, I've, I've been pretty, um, I- I'm increasingly interested in is the voice of the church in society. I think um, that the Pope, Pope Francis, has been really taking some leadership in questions of kind of global justice and um, economic justice in, in a really important way. And I, I think that um, Rowan Williams um, and now Justin Welby both have been, um, you know, really uh, starting to speak with some authority in, into these questions, which is really welcome. And I think a real, a real change from maybe what we saw before. Oh, that's splendid, and Justin, of course, having a uh, something of a background in in business himself, so uh, able to speak with some feeling. Absolutely, and 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 you know, again, that I think is terrifically important. That you know, the economy, you know, all 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 of material wealth in the world is generated ultimately by business, um, in that governments are operating taxes and uh, employees are being paid, and so on. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 church leaders who have an understanding of business, I think, is really important because those who don't really struggle to understand and engage with some of the uh, hidden drivers within society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, particular things coming up for you, James, that you'd like to share? Well, I mean, uh, we're just on a on a mission here. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we're trying to um, demonstrate that. Um, if you put business to work uh, in a really inclusive way, trying to trying to be good um, uh, in the broadest possible sense for all who come into contact with it, that that can be good business too. And that you know, I think there's often in in the kind of um, in the what what we sometimes call the grown-up world of the big financial institutions and blue chip business, they think that um, all of this stuff is stuff is very well all very well, but it's for hippies and sort of um, and softies and actually um if you want to sort of run a serious credible business you have to exclude everything other than um the business as it were the business of business and i think that's quite quite a um, short-sighted and outdated notion but we're we're battling against a big cultural inertia and um so hopefully uh hopefully over time we'll be able to demonstrate that actually this does work um and that it's better sure no absolutely and and you're i mean certainly the success of cook is a in a, a demonstration in one company of uh, the way in which you know having these uh, multi multitude of values beyond the, uh, the the shareholder is is actually for the benefit of of uh, certainly employees and uh, for the benefit of of others as well. So you're you're hopefully um, giving that that example out there uh, into the marketplace. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding. I mean, there's now 850 people working at Cook. And so far, we've managed to kind of um, really uh, sustain a, a really strong culture. I think as as time goes on, the business will carry on growing. We're growing at sort of 10 to 15 percent every year, um, and uh, and and, the ch- and new challenges are thrown up all the time. And um, you know, we don't take anything for granted. Um, it's it, we're constantly having to um, to explore and and 
and and understand and and learn more and um it's a real it's a really exciting learning journey so i can't i can't prejudge where we get to just hope that um, we can involve the right people and um and create something good sure and i can't resist saying james that uh, the proof is in the pudding but no pun intended of course with <laughs> yeah. well i do try the pudding so <laughs> you can make your own mind up <laughs> excellent great james it's been fantastic to chat with you and and it's something of a unique uh, conversation i don't think we've ever co- covered uh, b corps before on a, uh, a leadership file and that will be a particular interest and inspiration to those those listening who perhaps are locked into business in a different form and maybe need to have their minds expanded so thank you so much it's a pleasure thanks for having me so I was, you were listening to uh, leadership file with me andy peck uh, james perry was my guest a uh, uh, number of things we covered do uh, log on to premier's own website and you can listen to archive versions of leadership file including this one in due course i look forward to your company again next sunday at 3 30 thanks for tuning in You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.